Hey everybody, this is Sean Blakeney, lead pastor at Anchor Church in Delray Beach, Florida. Thanks so much for taking the time today to download and listen to this message. You know, as a church, our mission statement is to bring hope to the hopeless, and I really truly believe that today's message will speak hope into your life. Follow us on Instagram at myanchorchurchfl or check out our website at myanchorchurch.org. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast today. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Sean Blakeney, and I get the privilege of being the lead pastor of Anchor Church in Delray, Florida, and we're so glad you're with us today. You know, we're in a a series right now. We're walking through the book of Philippians. It's actually a letter that was written from the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, and he's basically writing them to thank them for money to a, for a gift that they'd given him. And it's a really cool book. If you ever want to read through a whole book of the Bible, read through the book of Philippians. It's an awesome book. And right now we're on chapter three of Philippians. I want to jump in here, written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing this letter from prison. And the whole theme behind this letter is joy. Just kind of a recap there. So Paul's writing it from a Roman prison. And the theme here is joy. The emphasis is joy. So let's jump in to Philippians chapter 3, this series titled, The Struggle is Real. All right, let's jump in. Paul says this, Philippians chapter 3. He says, whatever happens. I want to stop right there for a second. Now think about this. Paul's writing this letter to the Philippian church from prison, and he says this. Whatever happens, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. How incredible is that? Rejoice in the Lord. Paul's writing from a prison and he says, whatever happens, whatever happens in your life, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, Paul says, which I want to stop there for a second. Maybe Paul says, I never get tired of telling you these things because he's told them already before. How interesting. He says, I never get tired of telling you to rejoice in all things because I continue to tell you to rejoice in all things. You ever had those times with your parents have told you like the same thing over and over and over again? And your parents say, when are you going to listen to me? And you keep keep thinking to yourself, when are you going to stop telling me? And your parents like, when you actually do what I'm telling you to do, then we'll stop telling you what to do. And Paul's like, I'll stop telling you about rejoicing in everything when you start rejoicing in everything. Paul says this, I do it to safeguard your faith. Paul says, why? Why do I want to tell you to rejoice in everything? To protect your faith, to defend your faith, to secure your faith, to safeguard your faith. He goes on to say this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. He says this, I once thought these things were valuable. What is he talking about here? He goes on before this to talk about money, fame, education. Paul had all of these things, and Paul says those things used to be important to me. I used to think these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Paul goes on to say this. He says, yes, everything else is worthless. What is is Paul saying? He's like, listen, money's worthless. Fame is worthless. Education, all these things. Are those bad things? They're not bad things. But Paul says, I'm never putting them in place of my God. He says, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, Everything else is just worthless. Paul goes on to say this. For his sake, I've discarded everything else. Discarded. Thrown away. 
done away with. Paul says, because I have Jesus, everything else is on the back burner. It's not even on the back burner, it's in the garbage. Because of Jesus Christ, everything else that I used to think was valuable is not valuable compared to knowing Jesus. I'm counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. He goes on to say this. Paul says this. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, that I have already reached perfection. What is Paul saying? He goes, I don't want to pretend like I know all of this. Paul's like, I'm figuring it out just like you are. In the, 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 we call that word in the, the, the Christian uh, verbiage sanctification. What is sanctification? It's a big churchy word. That means you're becoming like Jesus every single day. And Paul says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus possesses me. He goes on to say this. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, I never look back. I never look back. I'm possessing what Christ has for me in front of me. I'm running after that thing. I'm not looking back to fame. I'm not looking back to fortune. I'm not looking back to what I used to have. I'm looking back to who I am now because of Jesus Christ. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Man, that can be like your life verse. Philippians chapter 3, man, what I used to have, I don't want anymore because I got Jesus now. It means nothing. I don't care about money. I don't care about, what I care about is God. I care about running after him. And Paul says, and I'm never looking back. I want to speak today from this subject, from Philippians chapter 3, never look back back. Now, uh, I know this would be shocking to many of you, but when I was in middle school and high school, I ran track, right? I, uh, in middle school and high school, I ran the 400 meter and I ran the 400 meter relay. I know many of you are like, what, Sean, you were a runner? Back in the day, I was very fast. I was lightning fast, so fast. But now I'm just old and I'm not fast. And in middle school, though, I ran the 400 meter, the 400 meter relay, and I did pole vault. How cool is that? I was a pole vaulter. I wasn't. Now, don't, don't. I know in your mind you're thinking, he must have been really, really good. I was actually really terrible. I was a horrible pole vaulter, but I just really wanted to do it. Now, I can remember when I ran the, the 400 and when I ran uh, the 400 meter relay, not even just in those, those track events with the field event, a pole vault, my coach always would give us this coaching never look back yeah when you're running whether it's the 400 meter whether it's the 400 meter relay whether it's the pole vault never look back do you know why if you're to look back during a race it slows you down yeah you get more focused on who's behind you than the finish line in front of you and so it kind of makes you insecure you lose your confidence because you're always like looking back seeing who's behind you especially in the 400 meter yeah. relay Right? Can I, can I stand for a second, Jared? Okay, now, now look, when, you, when you're running in the 400 meter relay, you're in your lane, right? And, and you, you've, got your, you've got your hand, but Teresa, come here. Teresa, where's my wife? Teresa, come here. You need to demonstrate. Okay, Alex, come here. Come here, Alex, come here. So, so Alex, come back here. Alex is right here. We're, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm running the 400 meter relay. I've got my hand like this. I'm ready to take the baton. And the way you take the baton is you don't look back to see if the baton is in your hand, you start running with your hand open and trust that the person behind you will put it in your hand. Once you feel the baton in your hand, 
Then you grip and you go. You never look back to see if the baton's there. You never look back to see the man. You just look at the finish line because what you don't want to do is look behind because you could mess up the handoff. You could trip. You could fall. You could look at the person next to you. And when you look at the person around you or behind you or next to you, you lose your sight of the finish line. And it's very easy to trip over your feet when you don't focus on what's ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good right there. Now, what Paul's saying is this. Paul's saying, I have run the race for Jesus Christ. And I'm not looking back anymore at fame. I'm running forward in faith. I'm not looking back anymore to my guilt. I'm looking forward in grace. I'm not looking back anymore to what I used to have. I'm looking back to now who I do have because nothing back there matters. All that matters is Jesus Christ. And many of us today, I truly believe, With all of my heart, many of us are going through difficult situations because you keep looking at your past. You can't focus on who you used to be. You have to focus on who you are now because of Jesus. There's nothing good for you back there. Paul says, never look back. Mm -hmm. I choose to run the race and look forward at the finish line, not thinking about what's behind me, but only who lies ahead of me, and it's heaven, and his name is Jesus. Yeah. You never look back. Some of you are going, well, Sean, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? And that, that's, a, that's tough, man. How do you just always run the race of life and never look back? You never look behind you. You never look what's going on. Well, how do you do that? Well, you got to think about what's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, Jesus Christ in front of me is way better than my sin behind me. Man, heaven in front of me is way better than my garbage behind me. So how how do you and I live this life that never looks back? Mm -hmm. I want to break down Philippians chapter 3 and talk about this. What does the Apostle Paul say? How can we learn from this practically speaking? How can you and I live a life that never looks back? Here's the first thing Paul says. You have to make the choice to rejoice. Mm, Good, good. Paul says, make the choice to rejoice. Look what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says this, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Stop for a second. Just remind yourself of this. Paul's writing from prison. Paul's writing from prison. And he says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, this is a guy that's writing the letter going, I'm in prison, I'm in jail, but whatever happens, just rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you this. I I never get tired of telling you this. Why? Because it's so important that you choose to rejoice. I do it to safeguard your faith. Protect your faith. Mm -hmm. What does Paul say? Decide right now before bad stuff happens. Decide right now that you're going to rejoice even when it comes. Well, what does that mean, Sean? Does that mean that when something bad and terrible happens, I rejoice? When a death happens, I rejoice. When I get fired, I rejoice. When I get dumped, I rejoice. When I lose my money, I I rejoice. Does that mean no? You don't rejoice because something bad happened, you rejoice because you have Jesus in the middle of the bad that just happened. You don't rejoice because you had a terrible situation happen to you. You rejoice because you got Jesus in the middle of the bad situation with you. That's what it's all about. Paul's like, you don't rejoice because something bad happened. You rejoice because you got Jesus in the middle of something bad that just happened. Mm -hmm. But you got to choose to rejoice. You make the mind up. You make your mind up. You decide in your heart of hearts that before anything bad happens, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to rejoice. You, you ever go to those, um, 
You ever have those restaurants you go to where you've been so many times, you don't even need to see the menu to order. You have already decided before you get there what you're gonna order when you get there. Okay, like, I will give an example real quick. When my kids were little and Teresa and I would go through the drive-thru of McDonald's. Y'all, McDonald's, they have like the same 20 things on their menu since like 1949. And we would get to the, the drive-thru and my kids, I would say, what do you got? And I would hate when there's cars behind me pressing up and you're trying to get through and you're hungry and we'd get to the drive-thru and I'd order what I want and my wife would order what she wants and my kids would go, I don't know what do they have they have nuggets they have a cheeseburger and a hamburger do you want coke or fries or apple uh, like what, what what like it's McDonald's are you kidding me right now they have everything and the kid, I don't know what they have and then every time they get to the window and say I don't know what they have they would always order the same thing I'll take nuggets you should have known that 20 minutes ago I said we're going but sometimes when you go to restaurants you already know what you want to order on the menu before you actually get to the restaurant this is me full on I love Outback Steakhouse ain't gonna lie blooming onion for days oh oh listen in heaven they'll have a blooming onion with my name on it and there'll be no carbs i'll gain no weight i'll be like give me the blooming onion sauce what what it's gonna be so good (laughs) give it to me baby give me so i already know when Teresa says do you want outback steakhouse yes i do what do you want I want a 12-ounce Outback Special. I want a medium. I want a baked potato, everything on the side. I want a, a, a house salad, blue cheese dressing, no croutons, no onions. I don't want onions because my baby doesn't eat onions, and she might want to kiss me later, and if I run into my breath, she won't kiss me. So I don't want any of that stuff. I want that all, but give me that blooming onion. I already know. I already know what I want before I get to the restaurant because I've been there so many times. I don't need to see a menu to know what I'm going to choose on the menu. And what Paul is saying is this. If you already know you have Jesus, decide in your heart today before a bad situation even comes your way that you're going to rejoice in the middle of it. Yeah. You better decide that junk today. I got Jesus. I have him. He's all I want. He's all I need. He's all I desire. And because of that, I don't need to think about the outcome. I know he is the outcome. Yeah, you have to already choose to rejoice no matter what situation comes your way. But Sean, bad stuff happens to me. Bad stuff happens to everybody. Right. But just decide today when the bad stuff hits, you're going to trust in Jesus. Right. Yeah. Why? Because he's our source of strength. He's our source. I truly believe this. I believe the attitude of your heart can affect the altitude of your soul. I truly believe that the attitude of your heart can affect the altitude of your soul. Well, what what does that mean, Sean? I know a lot of people walk around in a bad mood all the time, and the attitude of their heart is so poor, the altitude of their soul can never get lifted up. They can never trust Jesus to go higher because their heart has been sunken so low. They, they, They just can't. Um... I can remember when I was a kid, I didn't understand the difference between the air in my lungs and helium that filled a balloon, (laughs) right? So I would get some balloons from the grocery store when I was a kid. I would blow them up. You and all the story, you tie it off and they fall to the ground. And I would get so irritated and I want the balloon that would float in the air. My mom's like, well, that comes from an external tank filled with helium. I'm like, well, I want that. And I would love it if, if you could have that helium, right, that would out of your lung, but you, you can't, right? So what happens? Why in the world does the air in my lungs not allow a balloon to float like a balloon filled with helium does? You know why? Because the air in your lungs is heavier than helium. 
So what I can't do is I can't blow up a balloon and expect it to float when all the air in my lungs is heavier than helium. I have to go to an external source to fill up the balloon with the helium. Why? Because the helium is lighter. Well, Sean, what, what, are you, what, are you, what, are you, what are you trying to get to here? What I'm trying to say is this. What's inside of you is so heavy. You have to go to an external source to get something that's lighter. And what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11? He said this. He goes, you need to come to me. Why? He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are heavy. You've got heaviness in your spirit, heaviness in your heart, heaviness on your mind. Come to me, all of you who are heavy. I'm the external source you're looking for. Come to me, and I will give you rest. You can't rejoice in what you can do, but you can rejoice in what you're going through because you know who you have to get you through it. Paul says, never look back. Never look back. you got to trust Jesus. He's the one. He's the one. But you have to be able to understand today that I should choose to rejoice. So how do I live a life that never looks back? Well, I choose, no matter what circumstance comes my way, to rejoice The other thing Paul says is this. I'm going to hang on to God and let go of my garbage. Mm. How do you you live a life that never looks back? I'm going to choose to rejoice no matter what what circumstance comes my way. Paul says whatever happens to you, you've got to choose to rejoice. And Paul says this. You have to hang on to God and not hang on to your garbage. Listen, in the Blakeney house, we have a lot of garbage. I recognize every time that we move, we accumulate more. I shouldn't say the Blakeney has, house has garbage. Teresa Blakeney. <laughs> Let's just say Teresa Blakeney <laughs> accumulates. Every time we move, we have boxes of paperwork. And I go, Teresa, what is this paperwork? She goes, it's tax information from 1976. And we'll probably, we'll probably need it, right, babe? We'll pro- At some point in time, if we ever got audited from 1976, you never know. They go back far. I, I, I don't understand. What is this? It's, it's my trophies. What, what are, it's a trophy that I won in second grade when I was playing softball. We could probably dispose of, of the trophies. Every, so this is why Teresa hates when I move the garage by myself because I just throw stuff away. I'm like, because we, we're spending too much time and energy on moving boxes of garbage that we're never going to use. And Paul says, many of you in the same way are holding on to the garbage of your past. And you can't hang on to God in your present and your future and hang on to the garbage of your past at the same time. You can't grip God and you can't grip garbage at the same time. You can't grip garbage and you can't grip grace. It doesn't happen that way. you got to hold on to God with both hands. Paul says, don't, don't hang on to garbage. Release it and hang on to God. Look what he says here. I love this. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says this. I once thought, Paul says, I once thought I could hang on to the garbage of my past. I once thought I could do that. I once thought these things. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done for me. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul says, I, I, I got to get rid of it. This is why it's so important for many of us. What we think is when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you feel like you can give your heart to Jesus Christ, get a new life and still hang on to your old one. But you can't. 
I don't know anybody that wants to move into a brand new house that's just built and put in old furniture. Yeah. Everyone wants new furniture. You don't want a brand new house with old furniture, so why would you want a brand new life with an old heart? Why would you want a brand new life with an old past? Why would you want a brand new life with something that's just dragged you down in the long run from behind? You want to pursue Jesus hardcore with your future in mind, with Jesus in mind, with a changed life in mind, with a new life in mind. That's what you want. You can't hang on to garbage and pursue God. You got to let the garbage go. Because here's what happens. Many of us give our hearts to Jesus Christ and we think this. Well, I want to hang on to my old past. Because what if Jesus doesn't work out? Can I promise you today and guarantee you today, this Jesus thing will work out. Yeah, that's right. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He always has worked out. He always will work out. He is there for you all the time. So trust him in it and trust him for it. Don't hang on to the things of your old life. You know why? Because what old stuff in your life catches your eye, somehow reconnects your heart. You got to make sure you're not looking back to the past. I had an old Letterman jacket that I never threw away from when I was in high school. You know why? Because every time it caught my eye, it brought back old feelings of the past. And I thought, ooh, I want to hang on to that jacket. Because maybe when I put it on, we transform back into who I used to be. And my kids would be so proud. My kids didn't give a lick about that stupid jacket. They could care less. But every time it caught my eye, it reattached my heart. And many of you want to hang on to old stuff of the past, old boyfriends, Old, old stuff that just totally messes you up and you want to keep a close eye on it just so it's in close grabbing distance in case this Jesus thing doesn't work out and Paul says, let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Stop grabbing onto the garbage and grab onto God. You don't need that anymore. Never look back. Don't look back. How do you and I live this life of always pursuing Jesus and never looking back? You got to choose to rejoice. You got to let go of the garbage and hang on to God and you got to pursue Jesus with persistence. Yeah, yeah. See, a lot of us, we don't pursue Jesus persistently. We pursue Jesus selectively. Mm. <laughs> we want to pick and choose what we follow. Oh, I don't, well, what do you mean, Sean? I, 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 I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ, but he talks about this whole like tithing thing, and I just don't. That's my money. I worked hard. Sean, I, I really want to do everything God's called me to do. I want to pursue him persistently. But I don't really know if I want to serve. I mean, I, I, to be committed to serve at a church every single week, I don't know. And plus, anyway, I wanted to sing in the worship team, and they didn't want me to sing. And they want me to serve behind the scenes, and I just don't like that. I really would love to be seen. I, I don't know, Sean. This the whole thing about giving my heart to Jesus Christ. I mean, this whole sex before marriage, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can actually do that. I mean, it's 2020. I'm a human being. Let's be honest. See, we, we choose the way we want to follow Jesus persistently. We choose the way we want to follow Jesus, and it's not persistently. It's kind of, uh, if I'm honest, selectively. Paul says you can't do that. You never look back. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you rejoice you run after him, you grab on to who he is, and you never look back. You never stop pursuing. Look what he says here in Philippians chapter uh, 3. He says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, that I, I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He says this, he goes, I, I, dear brothers and sisters, I, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul says this, I'm pressing on. I'm chasing Jesus persistently. I'm never stopping. I'm never giving up. I'm running that race. I'm taking the baton, and I'm going as hard as I can after the finish line because Jesus matters, and I will never, I will never stop chasing yeah, Jesus. That's good. 
I think a lot of us, when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, the first year, we're absolutely changed, and then we forgot dramatic change he had in our lives, and we stop pursuing him. We get complacent. I think we, a lot of times we do it in our relationship. We, I see people do it in their marriages. They get married, and then all of a sudden they just kind of stop pursuing their spouse. Yeah. You've got to pursue Jesus every single day of your life. If he's the one that changed your life, act like it. You know, I think about my wife, Teresa. I, I pursue, we've been married 24 years. I pursue that girl. Yes, you do. Passionately, <laughs> persistently. I mean, it's not like we got married and then all of a sudden I was like, well, that was not, I mean, oh, man, uh, we hold hands all the time. We're driving the car. I hold her hand. I kiss her neck. I come up behind her when she's in the kitchen, kiss her on the back of the head, drives her crazy, but I love it. I mean, I, 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 man, we have date night. I, I want to sit on the couch and hold her hand. You know why? Because I want her to know she's the most important thing in my life. I have people all the time say, all you post about Sean on Instagram is your wife. I'm like, well, then stop following me. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to get tired of it because that's all that's going to happen. Why? Because I want people to know the person that's changed my life. I want it to be evident. I want them to see it. And I want to pursue her passionately. I want to pursue her persistently. Why? Because she's the only thing in the world that I truly, really, really love. And if Jesus Christ has changed your life, pursue him. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that can change your life. He's the only one that has changed your life. He's the only one that could have died on the cross for you, so act like it. Pursue him passionately. Never look back. Mm -hmm. Never look back. Choose to rejoice. Get rid of your garbage. Pursue Jesus persistently and watch him radically change your life. Mm -hmm. Paul says in Philippians chapter three, it's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Never look back. You know, maybe you're joining us today and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You've never actually truly pursued Jesus persistently. The first thing it is that you have to do is declare that he's the Lord of your life. Yeah. You've got to confess in your heart and just say with all of your being, Jesus, I'm living for you. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, but you want to right now, there's a prayer that we pray that changes everything. If, if, you're, if you're joining us right now and you've never given your heart to Jesus, but you want to today, just raise your hand. Where, yeah, just raise your hand right where you are. doesn't matter who's around you. This is between you and Jesus. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray a prayer. All of us out loud together. But if your hand's raised, today is your day. Just say, dear Lord Jesus. Today's my day. Today I'm giving you my life. I'm surrendering my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. And make me a brand new person. And every single day for the rest of my life, I will passionately pursue you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, man, come on. Congratulations for all today that prayed that prayer. The Bible says that you are a new creation. Your old life is gone. You have new life in Jesus. So run hard after Jesus today. Never look back. If you made that decision today, let us know. Send us a a direct message on Instagram or let us know on Facebook or shoot us an email through our website. But we want to know because we want to partner with you in this decision that you made. We love you. Never look back. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We're so glad you joined us. If you made a decision for Jesus today, man, shoot us a DM. Let us know that you made that decision for Christ today because we're in your corner and we want to help you on this decision that you made. And check out all of our social media platforms. Check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Go to our website, but let us know who you are because we want to get a chance to connect with you. 
We're praying for you this week, and we can't wait to see you next time.